1: a very good evening and welcome to Friday Talk Sport here on Community Radio Kilkenny City Thanks to Morris O'Connor and the team for Kilkenny today and Kilkenny today returns on Monday evening at 5 o'clock It's Liam Kelly and Co here with TalkSport until 7086 353 7782 is the text number We'd only be too happy to hear from you. Gaelic Games, racing, and loads more besides featuring on the programme. Good and Scott, very good evening to you. Good evening, Liam. We're in Dundalk as usual, I and we uh, no, yeah. were in the Curra earlier on.
2: That's right, the last Curra meeting of the year, I'm sure, Seamus. Yeah. I think it ends tomorrow, the... The turf flat, but anyway, <coughs> we have all the winners. <laughs> <From> <laughs> They're
1: guaranteed from now. From the car, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if Whatever.
2: Back, about if you can back him now, <laughs> have something on for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, they started very early today, Liam. The 1215 was won by number four. Cecilia Clementine, 28 to 1. The 1245 went to number 13. Clenet, um 10 to 1. The 120 was won by number two Cleveland, three to one. 155, number 15 Menagerie, seven to four on favourite. The 230, this was won by number four uh, Donderi, uh, five to one. The 305, number 14 Lady Dahlia, seven to two. 340, the uh, winner was number 12 The Faithful Indian, seventeen to two. And the last race for 2020 in the Decorah. Was won by number 13 Sagittarius Rising at 12 to 1. So that's the Cora action, Named of course, we're, we're heading for Dundalk. Sorry. The famous Dundalk. Yeah, as the usual uh, evening, uh,
1: Friday evening action. And, and you had the pep in your step this evening as we were coming over. Is that the sign
2: of winners? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I would love to know. Is it the sign of winners, <laughs> But anyway. They started uh, at 4.45 in Dundalk, and the first race was run by number three, Kuwait Direction, 15 to 2. Second here was number 11, Ola Benita, 11 to 4. Third was number two, Grace Streak, 7 to 2, and number one was the beaten favourite there. The 515 went to number eight, Loch Derg, eleven to one. Second, number three, Colour Sergeant, seven to four favourite. And third was number fourteen, Zazimus, sixteen to five. The five forty-five the winner here was uh, number two Bucky Larson at six to one, second was number five Harriet's force thirty three to one, and third was number one Shaboom at five to one number twelve was the beaten favorite are the usual fourteen runners. Now we have a six fifteen coming up, not a lot of time, but it looks a two horse race Seamus um number six Joan of Arc is the favorite at five to four Aidan O'Brien first time out. Split Passion, number 11, is a 2 to 1 chance, um, Caroline's. Then it's uh, 9 to 2, number 4, Hazel, which is uh, Donika O'Brien. Holly goal lightly, number 5 is 16 to 1, and it's any price bar now. You know, there's not a lot to go on in this, I have to say. Um Joan of Arc runs for the first time but as they say bread in the purple in oh. uh, in Bellydale and uh, five to four. Well I think she was shorter earlier, was she? She
3: was, uh she well biggest price she was was yeah. nine to four bear earlier oh, today. Yeah. The drifter in it is uh, split passion, five to four out to two to one.
2: Yeah. He had or she had uh, or the one run a few weeks back. Now I have to say it was an eye catching run, but Uh, going on one run can be very very dicey you know Mm. and the number of these that run for the first time and God only knows there could be anything among them and even in the current today they were still sprouting this time of the year horses that haven't run you just don't know what to expect. Joan of Arc obviously fancied but would be uh, with uh, breeding and that but Split Passion's first run as I say it's dangerous to go on one that's only had one run but it was a good run I have to say a few weeks back Geraldine she might just if Colin Keane was in the saddle I have a feeling she'd be favoured
3: yeah he's uh, gone to the States uh, with Jane Foley that's right the one I'd i like in a bear is Hazel dropping back from uh, Group 3 Company to Maiden Company ah, yeah, uh, and, and Dunica yeah
2: the owner there oh, which look like I say any of those could pop up but anyway we'll, we'll pass on to the 645 this uh, division one of a 7 furlong handicap Tricky looking Seamus, but the uh, favourite is number six, Riot Scholar eleven to four. Number two English is a hundred to thirty. Uh, number four Foreign Legion thirteen to two. Number one Mouraheen nine to one. Also number five Sunset Nova nine to one. Seventeen Bring Lloyd is also nine to one. It's eleven to one. Bar now, as the gentleman covering this race on the, the uh, race and Poe said today that um, it's not a hot race there's no doubt about that and most of the fancy runners here are drawn fairly high and it's hard to be confident about anything now I would say Royal Scholar and Eglish were the first two in the mm. betting and I would say that they've pro- they're probably a bigger price now than they were during the day I'd say they were shorter during the day and the fact they're drifting you know there wouldn't be a lot of confidence in them but it's that kind of a race. I just think to English, Adrian McGuinness's horses are really going well. It's last run was a good one, and he has uh, course and distance form. Uh, Gavin Ryan in the saddle. Uh, I think English would be the one I'd be on in that. The following uh, Division 2 of the same handicap uh, is probably even trickier.
3: <laughs> you said it. hundred and thirty.
2: Hundred <laughs> yeah, and thirty. Saint St. George's, George's Head, and uh, that's number 9 Uh number 10 Camo Wood is 4 to 1 Tai Sing Ye number 3 Chinese <laughs> 11 <laughs> who names <to> these <laughs> horses
1: lads the
2: <laughs> 11 I think they'll be doing it just for dividends <laughs> you know? um, number 1 Plunker is 10 to 1 10 to 1 also above us only sky number 6 and uh, number 7 also 10 to 1 amazing 1 as is number 14 Ryle Marksman and um Twelve to one bar. Well, actually, I was the one I was kind of fingering out here was Tyseen. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. What What's it, that bar? I don't know. That, I don't know whether that's pronounced or, or I don't even know what it means. It could be. It could stand for anything. <laughs> but I, I, he's had a. You know, he's been running fairly okay, and the last run he looked like he was really coming into form. But sometimes maybe that was his best run. But look, I, I'll give him another chance here. Uh, St. George's head, the money is obviously for. And that Kieran P. Cotter, Shimmer, yeah. do you know that man?
3: Uh, he's above outside Monastery Evan, Kieran Cotter. Yeah. And uh, what has happened there is. Uh, the horses in Maine are being trained by a chap that spent most of his time in the UK. Came home, and you could say he's put Kieran Cotter on the map yeah, for the last three, four months. But he's been he's with he's a change in fortune. Horses
2: have been going really yeah, well yeah, yeah. In, in recent times. For that reason, I think you have to uh, you have to consider him, he's drawn two, and obviously would we'll have a chance. Uh, Guanabara Bay number. 12, who's a, a, a veteran of Dundalk. is nearly as bad as Charger, but not quite yeah. as bad. He's one that might run into a place there at a big price, but my money is on Tysing Ye. In that <laughs> Whatever
3: one. <it> is. <laughs> right. 7.45, Bar. 7.45 is
2: the big race of the night, James. Listed race. But where the they betting? Harry's bar, formerly trained by James Fanshawe, is uh, five to four. Number four, uh, number six, laugh a minute, is nine to four. Number one, big gossy, is twelve to one. Number eight, back to Brussels, fourteen to one. Along with number twelve, unforgettable. Downforce is sixteen to one, and it's uh, eighteen to one. Bar, look, um, tricky race, I have to say. Harry's bar has been running really well in England, and I think he's, run, he's won seven hour twenty, so he, he's obviously a, a decent performer. Um, last Friday night, my horse for the money, uh, Arkaneers won at nine to two, but I told Pat here on Saturday that he was a blessed winner. <laughs> he really, I don't oh. think he should have won, but the horse that should have won the race runs here, well, And What gave him the bit of luck, sir? Well, you see, this is the way racing is, mm. Liam. You get the run of the race sometimes. Mm. The jockey can win it for you. You know, if you're in the right place at the right time, and go. This guy was held up he was coming but all of a sudden he found three horses in front of him and he couldn't get out but by the time he got out the race was over wasn't it about time you got a bit of luck yourself well it was it was (laughs) and that that was it as Pat said if you had him back you get paid so that's where the luck is but I, I did promise myself that laugh a minute it went into my notebook for the next time out now I have to say that the race tonight is a tougher race.
3: Yeah, it's it's it, a it's a listed race. It's for, a listed race. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Now, he, look, I, he's drawn two. He's ideally drawn. He has everything in his favor. But I think the value has gone nine to four. He yeah, was, he was. We uh, saw yeah. we saw one hundred and thirty
3: and bigger earlier today, Yeah, day, Yeah, and
2: I, you know, I don't think I chance him. At that price. But look, like I say, he certainly looked a winner about to happen last Friday night. And who knows, it could be tonight. It's interesting that Adrian McGuinness trains the first two in the betting.
3: Mm. And And uh, it's interesting that both are owned by the syndicate. Yeah. The (laughs) (laughs) camera.
2: And syndicates are dangerous. Oh, (laughs) Lord. And there's a gamble on. Look, the horse in here belonged to Willie McCreary. Down Now, No favourite of mine. On the turf. Now, I don't think he has an awful lot of experience on the all weather, but he's 16 to 1, and uh, he's not throwing great. But Willie Lee in the saddle, I wouldn't be surprised if he runs into a place there at a big price. The 815, of course, is the last race of the night, and it's a one mile, two furlong handicap, the usual 14 runners. The favourite is number 3, Time and Money, 5 to 2. Number 9, Dame Rapide, is 7 to 2. Number 13, Legal thriller, 6 to 1. Number 7, see and the Lady, 9 to 1. 10 to 1, Number 1, Punk Boat. And also, Number 8, Cluster's Mistake. And um, it's 10 to 1, sorry, 16 to 1 bar. Um, big field, the usual 14 runners. Now, time and money has been second for the last three times, and they're producing money for him again tonight, his favourite. Um, However, I'm going to oppose this one with the second favourite, Dame Rapide. This one has won twice in recent weeks and has been... An easy enough winner. The handicapper now yeah. is has been crucified, of course, for winning. But I think you know. With she, young Rutledge, she, she's yeah, very good. And yeah, she, she's she, the best of the she, girls yeah. around she, at the minute. She gets a nice tune over this one. I have to say, she's won a couple of races as well, and uh, who knows, she might still have a little bit up her sleeve. Legal thriller, of course. I suppose you'd have to consider Jim Bulger a winner last time out. He goes. It was a mile the last night, and I thought, or the last day, and I thought it looked like it only barely got home. But it has formed over uh, a mile and a quarter. But however, I think it will be between the first two and the betting, and my money will be on Dame Rapide and also the one for the money tonight go on, yeah. is Dame Rapide in That's the
1: last right there we go sure all your disciples can follow that
2: <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: we have a text in and uh, this person text into your program earlier on as well yeah. and uh, they didn't put a name on their text this evening but they did put a name signing off as Joe Biden
2: this morning That's so I'm not right, sure yeah. does Joe Biden oh, no, follow your tips he signed, it, you know, he signed it this morning yeah, yeah. Joe yeah. Biden oh he did yeah friend he, of yours he's he a friend of mine yeah well
1: he's a friend of yours and he says we have as much of a chance of burrs horses winning than Donald Trump accepting defeat
2: <laughs> so <laughs> make of that
1: that'll tell you that. yeah make of that uh, what you will. Now there's a 10 race card in Kilkenny Greyhound track this evening. It gets underway at 8 o'clock as we go from one tipster to another. Seamus Brophy
3: how are you? I'm not so bad at all If Bear won't put you in the poor house I'll assist on, the, <laughs> on, on it uh, Actually Liam I found an 11th race uh, tonight um, in, in the um,
1: Maybe that could be a, look, a, a lucky, omen. Could be, mm.
3: It could be a mighty omen. Get on the way at eight o'clock at the St James's Park venue, and an open novice uh, for dogs uh, pitched at grade three. None of these have ran on the track. Um, all of them have done trials, so uh, we're a small bit in the dark. But judging on the clock so far uh we're thinking about Mihal berrigan's access limit uh middle seeded drawn out of trap four uh two nice little spins behind uh a litter brother uh called Access granted and uh, each time uh improving for both uh, a spin in Turles and uh, Shelburne Park and don't be taken by the fact that they've trialled elsewhere Michal Berrigan knows what goes on in Kilkenny. Race 2 tonight, it's uh, an A8 event over 525 these for dogs who have minimal runs uh, most of them uh, would only have uh, one or two runs on their card. If we're looking for something with a small bit of experience, we'd be turning to Sean Duff's uh, dog, uh, each time improving a small bit, limit of light, uh, this one coming out of trap three, and uh, by desire over the limit. So, trap three in race two. Race three tonight is pitched at eight six. it's over 5.25, five and uh, looking down the card here, probably trap one would be the one that had appealed to me, uh, son of uh, a daughter of JT's uh, jet out of uh, Princess Lassie Uh, this one in the care of Willie Hanlon down there from Paulstown, Uh, ran in A7s, now up to uh, A6s and then taken by the run in Waterford now Waterford traditionally would be a faster track uh, than Kilkenny but it came and won 15 lengths the last day uh, in an A8 event and I think to step up to A6 uh, shouldn't prove any inconvenience. The fourth race tonight on the card, this one is also an A6 er, uh, event. And uh, Paul Hennessy doesn't have too many dogs uh, that uh, start off in this grade. They normally progress fairly lively. Owned by his brother in law, Phil O'Keefe, out there from Clara. Uh, Killara Mayhem is what we're looking at here. It's run the last night uh, when beaten six and a half lengths into fifth place wasn't a clear run, and an improvement of the clock of just under 30 seconds is expected tonight in a six company. Uh, I note that it's in trap three again tonight, but uh, a faster player pause to the first bend, and you're likely to see him involved. Kilara mayhem. The semi-final of the T.P. Weddick Open over seven two five. This will be classed as a distance event in Kilkenny. Occupies race five on the card tonight, and uh, these dogs have been through round one and the quarter-final of it. And um, looking at the winners from uh, last week, uh, Redzer Art Fert this one trained by Brendan Munsell uh, a steady improver both in the clocks and otherwise first around the track in uh, 41-34 then did 40-65 a repetition of that out of the uh, uh, trap 5 seeded even though he's inside seeded he's plenty far out but I think he might have the legs on these in the first semi-final. Second semi-final of the event occupies race 6 on the card and um Here again, uh, the winners from the previous heats include Upward Pearl and Mr. Eruption, but... um I'm possibly looking at the Jap Rocks. Uh, this one, a son of Koolivani J.O., uh, runs out of trap four. Uh, this fella hadn't seen a track in Ireland until he came from the UK. His win the last night when he uh, was a fast finishing uh, came from the third spot off the last bend. 40-60, that'll be good enough to get him into the final. I think his head might just be in front in that seven-two-five event. Race 7, which is uh, sponsored by Boyle Sports, this is an A4 event, uh, the quality improving a little bit here. Would Willie Hanlon have a double on the night? Well, that's the question because his son of good news is out of trap one, remote support, uh, been running in A4 and previous A7 company. His run behind Rupee's Lively the last night went out in trap two. He'll have the rail on his left-hand side tonight and that'll probably be just good enough to see him home uh, with the biggest danger coming from Ratchy's Fox Rock. Uh, this fella, he was in trap one the last night. They've shoved him out to trap four. But I think the Racing Boots of Report, remote support from trap one, will be good enough to win race seven tonight. Race eight, which is the Barking Buzz 8 3 still going up the gears, and a young dog that's uh, been doing well recently is the, the train by uh, Paddy Sinnett out there for his uh, grandson, Billy Sinnott. Uh, the son of Droopy's Jet, Blackstone Flyer, only three runs on his card, and he's gone from open novice up to A3, and he's in at A3 tonight. He's well able to do uh, under... Um, under, 20, uh, under 30 seconds his run 29-11 29-22 and uh, last week's run of twenty eight seventy five seeds sees him competitive in this particular event twenty nine seventy five I should say so trap 1 uh, he was previously drawn out in 4 and 5 he's been reseeded as inside Blackstone Flyer in race 8 race 9 tonight is the first of a semi-final Uh, of a valuable 5,000 stake. This one uh, sponsored uh, of an 11,000 stake. This one uh, comes courtesy of the Track Supporters Club. Uh, Sean Dooley uh, from Carlo brings downtown Hope his run the last night when he just failed to get up by a half a length behind Bull Run Bottle Uh, that'll see him competitive here tonight, he's in trap 2 again tonight and very little will uh, see him uh, not competitive in this event, Pat Carroll probably he is a a small bit to find on the clock but uh, we're thinking that He's mid-seeded. They've moved him out to trap four tonight. So, toss of a coin between two and four, Ballybuck Daily and Town Hope in race nine, that first semi-final. Second semi-final is race 10 on the event. Here again, a, a competitive event and a man that hasn't got much mention in recent times and this programme is Carol Ramsbottom from Leash. I think he might just put it right tonight with uh, a rocket to the third. And uh, the uh, meaning there, the third bend in Kilkenny. His uh, previous runs in Dundalk, Thurles, and Shelburne Park, uh, where he picked up wins on all five occasions. He has his eye in now in Kilkenny. He won here the first night. He did 28.88. Fell back a little bit the last night to 29.22, but we think that um, Trap One will be involved tonight and possibly on the podium to make his way to the final of that €11,000 event. Final race tonight is an A2 event over five. Own McKenna, not a name that you'd uh, associate with Kilkenny. His dad, Jerry McKenna, would have been more prominent uh, coming here. He has a dog uh, brought down tonight for a run in an A2 event. Previous runs have been in Shelburne Park. Uh, you'd have to think his misdemeanor been beaten 50, 14 lengths in Shelburne Park the last night will be put right in uh, this company. 29 21 is where he stood in the clock the last night, but believe me, he's well capable of breaking the 29 second. What will be involved with him? Well, possibly another dream from uh, Pat Scully owns this one and training with Morty Lahis. So, some place between Glenagat Mildred out of Trap 1 and another dream out of Trap 4, Morty Lachy's. All
1: right, That's then. it, sir alright lads as ever thanks very much indeed for You're dropping by that's the greyhounds and the racing and there'll be more on that tomorrow afternoon on City Sport between the hours of 12 and 2 still to come this evening we'll be previewing Kilkenny and Limerick with Elaine Aylward next and then Kira Muldowney and uh, Anthony Daly will look ahead to the weekend's hurling along with Pat Tracy and Nicky Brennan who will be here in the studio so plenty to come 086 353 7782 is the text number
0: we are community radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM
1: Yeah, you're welcome back. Jim Rowan's been in touch to wish the girls the very best on Sunday afternoon in the Camogie against Limerick, and he wants to know, is Kilkenny and Galway on tomorrow week at 6.15? Yeah, that's right, Jim. Quarter past six tomorrow night, Saturday week, so make sure to tune in for that, and of course, we'll have updates here on the station. Elaine Aylward, a very good evening to you. Good
4: evening, Liam. How are you? Good.
1: Good, and uh, we have Limerick on Sunday afternoon coming to UPMC, Nolan Parker. You'd imagine all going to plan Kilkenny should get past that test?
4: Yes, the final group games this weekend, I suppose, and Kilkenny are hosting Limerick, as you said. Kilkenny, obviously, two from two so far, and Limerick with quite the opposite. Uh, they've two defeats under their belt, so hasn't been a great year for limerick camogie and they've had their ups and downs, so you'd imagine um, it really favours Kilkenny this Sunday.
1: Mm, and just looking at the results, Kilkenny comfortable against Westmead, and uh, Limerick, obviously, were brought down to earth by the Westmead girls.
4: Yeah, and the first day out, Westmeath travelled. this West was in their first year in senior, having won the intermediate last year, travelled down to Limerick and um, pulled off a bit of a surprise down there, coming away with a one-point victory and fully deserving on the day by all accounts. So you know, that left Limerick had a lot to do coming to Waterford for their second group game and in fairness them, they put it up to Washford for periods of that game but Waterford were just a little bit superior up front and were able to get mm. the scores where it mattered whereas Limerick were a little bit dependent on Grieva Costello up front and she scored everything they scored that day so yeah, not a great year for Limerick and look, Kenny will be hoping to, to finish them off on Sunday mm.
1: And from our own point of view Barr may be the first half against Waterford it all seems rosy in the garden for Brian Downing's girls
4: Yeah, look, it's been really, you know, a case of job done, I suppose all you can do is beat what's in front of you. And, you know, they had a tough test the first day out against Washford for maybe 15, 20 minutes of that game. But I think their experience, their class and and everything else shone through eventually. And they got over Washford comfortably. And as you said, put Westmeath really to the sword, brought Westmeath back down to to earth with a bang after their win over Limerick and and put up a massive score in that game so you know Mm. they were looking for more of the same on Sunday and you really get a good workout this will be their final game before they're facing into an All-Ireland semi-final in a couple of weeks time so you know the last chance for some of the girls maybe to put their hands up and and nail down a place on the starting team and, and for others to try and keep it I suppose
1: Yeah, and would that concern you, the fact that without being disrespectful to the sides, Kilkenny haven't faced teams maybe of their level, would that lack of a test maybe be a disadvantage to us when it comes to All-Ireland semi-final territory?
4: Yeah, I think it's definitely a worry. If you look like the Water game, I think was back on the was it the seventh of October, and the All Ireland semi final won't be till nearly you know that in December. So if you're looking at a good six, maybe seven weeks without you know. And as you said, all due respect to, to the teams that Kilkenny have played in the group, but they haven't really been tested. Whereas if you look at the the mm-hmm. other big teams, you'd be looking at the Corks and the Galway's. They face one another this weekend in the other group game. So you know that'll be a real indicator to each of those teams where they're really at at this stage in the championship. Whereas Kilkenny maybe won't have had that test. So it would definitely be a little bit of a concern but on the other hand all you can do is look after yourself and make sure you're in, in the best shape you can be coming into that All-Ireland final.
1: Yeah and on Sunday as we said all going to plan Kilkenny should do the business against Limerick um, what areas of the pitch would you be watching out for ahead of a potential All-Ireland semi?
4: Yeah I suppose the last day up front they were just so clinical um, so goal hungry I mean Well, Chief of Doyle anyone inside in that full forward line the last day was goal hungry and they got plenty go- plenty of goals so that'll be an area that they'll be trying to focus on again look further out the field you have point takers from out the field like Anne Dalton Denise Gall, They absolutely ran the show the last day from the middle of the field half forward line and being in the standing can you could hear the talk in the field and you could hear them directing the play so they were absolutely influential so it'll be more of that you know you're lucky enough to, suppose, to run in six goals against the likes of Westmeath you won't get those opportunities against as I said the bigger teams so the point taking from out the field will be you know something they'll be focused on but they've plenty, plenty of hurlers and plenty of girls were able to do that from out the field as mm. well so you know, haven't really been tested. I was at the back bar, maybe a few minutes against Waterford that first day, but they're solid in defence. they're Fielding, a full back there, really shores up that full back line. And, you know, Michelle Teane came in there the last day beside her and was really, really good. Um, drove out to every ball and, and drove on and, and got great ball up forward. forwards. So, you know, as I said, they look to be in good position, but you just don't really know until you come up against some of the bigger teams and bigger tests.
1: Yeah, and finally, looking outside our own group, will it be the usual suspects there or thereabouts again this year?
4: Yeah, as I said, well, in group three, you have two quarter-finalists in Tipperary and Clare. They're through already. And and the first group then is Cork and Galway are playing this weekend for a table-topper position. So whoever tops that will go straight through to to a semi-final and be in the opposite semi-final to Kilkenny. And the opposition and the loser on Sunday goes into the quarter-final. So look, eyes will be on... Your stadium in Galway on Sunday to see how Cork and Galway line up I suppose and how they go against one another. It'll be a good test for the two of them to see where they stand I suppose it'll give the rest of the country a little eye to see who else is there in that side of the group. In saying that, I'm sure Chip and Clare will have something to say. They're both true to quarter finals. Clare had a massive win last weekend against Dublin to put themselves second into that group and you know Chip have been having a good year, building on a good year last year they were true to a league final earlier in the year before the, the competition was cancelled had a good win on day one against Clare and, you know, got a bit of a shock against Dublin but dug out a good result in, in game two. So, you know, there'd be no easy task for anyone who meets them in a the quarterfinal. So, mm. look, hopefully for Kilkenny, we'll, we'll be able to keep an eye on those, safe from the position that we'll be in the semi-final and, and waiting to see who'll play us there.
1: Absolutely, and we'll have full regular live updates here on 88.7 FM on Sunday afternoon from UPMC Nolan Park. Elaine, as always, thanks for taking the call.
4: No worries, Lane. thank you. Thanks very
1: much indeed, Elaine Aylward there, former Kilkenny Camogie player. And Nicky, you've seen Kilkenny a few times this year. What have you made of them?
5: Well, I think you alluded to there with Elaine, they, were, we weren't, oh, they weren't quite enough in the first half against Wasford, but after that, they were totally on top mm. and uh, they're totally dominant against Westmeath. Westmead got the first score of the game and but that was as good as it got for Westmead I think the point you made also that Kilkenny are going into a semi-final I mean Sunday's game is a meaning is a meaningless game in the sense that Kilkenny are already in the semi-final Limerick are it's a dead rubber for Limerick they're just going to bring up 15 players and just play a game to be honest about it and they have nothing to play for so and again Elaine alluded to there is turmoil down in Limerick Camogie circles this year for some reason or other I just don't know so look Kilkenny will win on Sunday and the question is: Will Brian put out his strongest possible team, or will he give others a run? But it is a little—I have to say—it's a bit worrying going into a semi-final, where they're likely to be playing. Uh, possibly, um, you're you're not you're not sure who they're going to play, but they they're like they could be playing a a Galway or a or a, or a Cork in the semi-final. Mm-hmm. They would have liked maybe a, a bit of a stiffer test before that. But look, you can only play what's in front of you. Okay, Nicky
1: Thank you very much for the moment. JJ
0: Cavanagh Sons keeping the country moving for almost a century.
5: Sunday Evening's Talk Sport for reports, news, views and analysis of the weekend's action across all sports in Kilkenny City and County. Tune in to Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM for the best sports coverage with Nicky Brennan and the Community Radio Kilkenny City sports team. Electro City sponsoring Sports Roundup On Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM.
0: JJ Kavanagh co supporting Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM.
1: And it is, of course, Friday TalkSport Oh eight six three five three double seven eight two is the text number. Not Now, not quite as hectic and as many games in the Hurling Championship this weekend, but two big games uh, really in particular and one that will take my next guest's uh, fancy, Anthony Daly. Anthony, how are you? How
6: are you, Liam? Are
1: you well? I'm very well. Thanks very much indeed for joining us. And, of course, that game I touched on is Claire and Leash, and uh, both teams not coming into it in great form. No,
6: no, Liam, I suppose... Um... Uh, they both have had the benefit maybe of of the two week break so I suppose both sides would be reassessing how they played against Limerick and against in Leash's case against Dublin and um, so I suppose yeah Brian Lohan has named a few changes you know was a bit of shock around the place with some of the changes I suppose Jack Brown being the obvious one who would be you know on the team for six or seven years now um, left off and that kind of thing so look sure I suppose Realistically, it was the best draw player could have hoped for. Um, and They should have enough to beat them comfortably enough in the league, albeit it took a probably last strong 20 minutes. These just don't seem to be firing quite as good as they were last year, Liam. I suppose everybody. You look at nobody's in the norm this year, and everybody has faced mm-hmm. their own battles uh, within counties and, and within squads and that kind of thing. So. You know, nobody will be, I think, trampled on for their performances this year. So we're hopeful that, you know, we can get the win tomorrow and get up and running and, um, you know, get into that pot and see who we get on Monday morning, hopefully. Mm. That's, that's that's the feeling around the
1: county. Yeah, and I suppose you don't have to be Einstein to work out the problems against Limerick. Tony Kelly, you take him out of the equation and uh, there's serious trouble They're Just a bit over-reliant on him.
6: Yeah, Liam, I suppose... You know, sorry, well, if I wasn't on okay, any radio now, I could be on about TJ. and <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> fair nine, point yeah. Tell you know. But look, no, uh, Tony sort of look at—we're like we blessed to have him. And uh, seventeen points—the last day, which was incredible to be in Torless to win. And like, in fairness, to bring on—it was a big gamble to put him in at top of the right. You know, and I don't think anybody saw it beforehand. And certainly, if it had backfired, um, there would have been a lot of social media pressure and, 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 and media pressure in general mm. um, No, Tony has the game of his life by taking a gamble and playing him up there and we still lose by 10 points. but mm. I it kind of felt like
1: on, he was but, everywhere
6: yeah that's the thing like I mean we're looking at the juggernaut that Limerick seem, seems to be at the moment and they did the same for area at the weekend mm. and Tony for I suppose tips um, fortunate goal really where Noel picked the ball off the ground and it wasn't wasn't by the officials they could have shipped an even bigger um, defeat than, than Clare did so uh, in worse conditions so like you are looking at how good are Limerick how strong are Limerick where are where are everybody else by comparison really Galway did look mm. good I thought for a while I thought for uh, you know 35 maybe 45 minutes he looked like uh, a team that could beat anybody in the country yeah, but, so did we <laughs> yeah the fade out was funny though you, mm. you just don't know I suppose we know more about Dublin uh, by this time tomorrow evening as well, Liam. So, every, everything is up in there. But I, I do think, you know, on our own podcast there and the Examiner podcast, uh, Ken Hogan on there on, on Monday morning, Ken just said he just feels maybe that the knockout element not being there so far has maybe led to maybe the one sided games so far. Mm. So, he said, you know, from this week on, weekend on, we might see more of a, a real cutthroat. I know the Leinster final and Munster final are still have a backdoor chance, but they're the only two games now that will afford you uh, um, a second chance so from now on we really should see teams absolutely fighting for their lives
1: Yeah and if we look at Claire and Leash firstly what needs to change in their performances to, to get to see a better outcome?
6: Well look I suppose um, from a leash point of view uh, they were very reliant on, on play as, far as I, I would have felt even right back to the and you know and and right up to Ross King so um the Leafs lads will be just looking for more uh, I presume like as well as having a few opt outs Eddie had you know two to three injuries you now two of them I think came off the bench so he'd be hoping that things like that will have cleared up for him and that he can you know I think Kenny as well which is kind of a you know not really a neutral venue from a clear point of view now I know no supporters if they were involved would be giving out yards about it being on in Kenny and not being a double header and Darlis but uh, if you are looking for the team they'll, they'll get on with it. and both teams now have had the experience of, of dealing with this you know Covid situation and, and all the restrictions and the various things so yeah look from from Leish's point of view Eddie'll be hoping that they can have learned a bit and, and will give an unmerciful go that didn't feel they were in the Dublin game at any stage now whereas look at from Clare's point of view at half time we were all um, nearly jumping with excitement as was I was on the TV so I couldn't be doing much jumping but we were very excited, I suppose supposed to be level with Limerick at half time, but in Limerick up to the gear and um, we just really weren't able to live with their half forward line,
7: mm.
6: you know, scoring twelve points in play. I mean that that couldn't be allowed to happen from now on. So yeah, you you see changes in the clear half forward line with with Colin Gilfile gone in, who's a massive man, uh, big big unit for a target for a puck out, and Colin Malone, who was midfielder last day and played well to be fair to him, uh, gone in as the other wing forward. So I presume with a view to maybe both wing forwards working back and being a huge option for Ever Quilligan for pokeouts. So, yeah, look, overall, Clare will just be looking to up at maybe 10 15%. We should probably need a bit more than that uh, to be beating Clare, I'd feel anyway. I'd be hopeful of that, Liam. Mm.
1: And I think it's ne- in the other game, I think it's nearly 90 years since uh, Dublin have beaten Cork in the championship game. Surely they won't get a better opportunity, but Cork, Cork don't seem to be convincing anybody
6: no and you know the bookies straight away kind of uh, writing off Dublin in lots of ways with the prices and I know enough. awful lot of people in Dublin will be very encouraged by what they saw in the last 15-20 mm. you know, minutes in Coat Park last Saturday night it was an amazing match to watch yeah. to be honest with you who
1: would you blame for it would you reward Dublin or would you blame T. Kenny
6: yeah, it's very hard to know like I mean I heard Adrian Rowland on, on the internet during the week and uh, I was on as well as uh, they were on with the local radio himself and Mick Walsh and we had a great old cup of tea in a chat welcome Mm. cup of tea I'll tell you up there uh, (laughs) inside in the kind of cafeteria area there behind the press box and it was very none of the three of us really could put our finger on it you know but definitely I think when Dublin switched to the seven defender and and freed up Conor Burke to do that job you know Okay, the third to Kenny goal did come after they made that move but after that Conor Burke seemed to get on and whirled the ball and shored up and he openness in the Dublin backline and didn't allow maybe enough ball to get to TJ like it was uh, before that and then they seemed to take over the game and then Eamon Dillon and running his obviously I don't think anybody in the Kikini full backline could mark Eamon Dillon that, uh, uh, in that 20 minute period whether it was his freshness coming in and I don't know how the teams will be named I suppose the next couple of hours but uh, you'd expect that an him and has to start, but maybe look. If you were Matty Kenny, you might be saying maybe, maybe I'll hold him. And if we're in the game against Cork, I mean, they were I mean they were so far back against Kenny to draw a level was an unbelievable mm-hmm. achievement, um, and Kenny still showed great resolve to go up and, and and win the game. It's very very hard to put your finger on what happened, um, but I would say those two, Conor Burke certainly going back as a seventh defender for me. I know lo- none of us really like it, but look, you have to play the strongest hand hand that you're dealt if you're a manager of a team and I've done it before myself, I'd prefer not to be doing it. But if mm. if I'm Matt Kenny, I'm nearly tense and doing that tomorrow and setting up very strongly, making sure that Patrick Horgan doesn't get um much space up front and that you know, hoping then if you start Dylan and maybe start Hayes and, and uh maybe even a Connell he might come back into the picture, who knows? That you can snipe enough scores up the other end that, that that you'll win. Chris Crummy going to the forwards, I think, is a is a good move as well. That you have to credit Matty with that. That you know that was a brave call, and um, you know his contribution. I think as well in the last twenty minutes couldn't be overlooked. I think that it's very much a fifty-fifty game. I, I wouldn't see Dublin as two-to-one outsiders by any means in it.
1: Yeah, uh, just a text in for you Anthony uh, comes from Jim Fogarty I know Anthony from seeing him in Colrush McGrath's um, pick-up but how But how about uh, Hegarty's steps for the penalty so yeah, what did you make of all that uh, in Parky Queen yeah. last Sunday? Yeah,
6: we, yeah, and I was commenting and I suppose the, the steps thing what I'd find is frustrating about that and I know Jim, sure um, often walking out around the lovely uh, coastline and cap out there I, yeah. see a I times, believe he's uh, a tip man Yes, and uh, they won't hold it um, against them, and they can't have too many excuses. Like we really looked a better team more than yeah. uh, Jim knows that as well as I do. But what, I, what I'd say is, it, what's what's inconsistent in the refereeing, and it's very hard to pick up on it even commentating because you're seeing a fella swinging off a fella maybe, and you're saying is he being been fouled, should it be a penalty, and then he does take too many steps. Uh, and also for the wide for goal, there's no doubt about it. The Callum Lines, you know, initially to get into his stride, he definitely took more than four steps. You could say, but, and they're not inclined to pull the ones that are leading to the big chances for goals, Liam. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. They're inclined to pull the ones where it is a wing back or maybe a midfielder, and they're clamping down on those. But when it's in around goal, the same consistency doesn't seem to be there for me. So I suppose that's something we'd like to see. We don't want so many stoppages either. though. I think you know, for fellas fifth step, we'd we'll always have accepted that. Do mm-hmm. you know what is? is within that grey area that you kind of like the rift had let it off that little bit a bit like the hand pass rule and, and various interpretations of it you know yeah. we don't just consistency to isn't the it the whole time yeah
1: now. consistency
6: that's it like and you know look I know there was you he, he wrote an article in the examiner on Monday Brian Gavin but we're lacking maybe enough top class referees maybe you know and then people of course had a go because he writes an article I saw if you go sure look at them more than myself yeah. when you're out there social Next media you're, you're mm. primed for people having to go at you. and sure that's, that's part, part of the prime yeah. that won't bother Brian but I think Brian's point was that we're lacking the depth in refereeing and, and people would have liked that Gavin I know as a player and a manager I would have liked that, that Gavin style of refereeing where Common sense. he will make yeah. a mistake but in general he let the play flow mm. and I think we mm. all want that and if we could get back to that I think it would be better for us for yeah. the spectacle yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I think spectators would appreciate that too Liam you know? mm, okay.
1: Anthony great to speak to you no doubt we'll do it again talk great to stuff. you great okay, thanks very much thanks very much take care that was Anthony Daly there former Clare Hurler uh, we'll get the views of Nicky Brennan and Kieran Downey on the hurling this weekend and loads sides but first we're going to take a break
0: we are Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM
1: Right, you're in tune with Friday TalkSport 086 353 is the text number. Nikki and Pat Tracy are here in the studio and Kieran Muldowney joins us on the line. Evening, Kieran. Evening, Liam.
7: How are you keeping?
1: Not too bad. So as a leash man, how are you feeling this weekend? As a what? Well, <laughs> let a slip of the tongue there. As a man with Leash connections, how are I, you feeling? Uh,
7: uh, <laughs> I, I tell you, I often felt like, it was the Jack Ch- Charlton who used to say, he was more Irish than the Irish themselves. No, I, I have a great affinity with Leash. I did spent a long time up there. Um, look, Liam, you know, when Leash were in the Joe McDonough Cup last year, they were the favourites to win it and they were the best team in it. And now that they're in the Lee McCarthy Cup, they're the weakest team in it. They're just in an unfortunate little gap in between the two competitions. They're probably too weak for one and too strong for the other. Mm They had a good few injuries going into the Dublin game. I thought they acquitted themselves quite well. They scored 23 points. Now, they were well beaten in the wind-up, there's no question. But the lads who were on the field played well. They were short Jack Kelly, who had been nominated for an All-Star. They were also short Mark Kavanagh and Charlie Dwyer in the forwards. They are two big losses. Jack was a huge loss in the backs as well. Mark and Jack, by all accounts, are going to be back for tomorrow. So that will give them a good bit of strength, extra to what they had the last day. They are up against it, there's no question. You'd expect a bit of a reaction from Clare. But yes, uh, you know, the more you analyse the Clare-Limbrick match, the Clare forwards outside of Tony Kelly scored 1-4 between them. And if Leash can do anything at all to curb Tony Kelly's influence, that will give them a chance of being competitive. Look, they're outsiders to win the game, but I'd imagine they'd be happy if they can just put on a competitive performance and not lie down like they've done in some qualifiers over the years Leash have shipped some unmerciful beatings in the qualifiers over the years and mm. you know it hasn't been pretty watching at times I remember conceding 5-34 down in Ennis one day they conceded 10-30 to Leash or to Cork another day in Port Leash I don't think that'll happen tomorrow but I don't think they'll win either
1: Yeah Pat uh, just on the general point about Leash and they were in for a bit of flack after the Dublin game are, are we starting to see Leash being judged on a, on a different level now? No, well, I just think this year is just chalk and cheese to last year. Right.
8: Uh, last year they were coming off a, a win and run momentum behind them, games behind them, everything behind them. This year they have a weaker panel, they have no games. Uh, but they, what they they needed more this year than last year. Uh, they, that that momentum and they just haven't got it. And uh, you know they're coming up against teams that are just too strong for them, and mm. that's that's just the way it is. Yeah, Clare, you'd imagine, will have too much for them.
5: Yeah, I think so, yeah. I just think that it maybe suits Clare now, maybe, to get in leash. Look, there'll be fighting in leash, and I agree with Kieran. He knows them well. There'll be mm. plenty of fighting in them, and they'll battle bravely. And they, they won't be defeated by as much as maybe in, in the past. But you'd have to say, it. Clare will be strong favourites to win the game.
1: Yeah, and Kieran, Dublin. Now, after last weekend, I'm not quite sure what anyone makes at Dublin. Do we take the first 35 minutes or the second 35 minutes?
7: Yeah, we've probably analysed Bikini in the same way. Yeah. I mean, which half do you look at? Uh, I thought Dublin, once they went back to their trusted system of the sweeper and uh, given a few key players on on the ball often, uh, I, I thought they gave Bikini an awful lot of trouble. They restricted always. by I think it was to six or seven points in the second half, which is fair going. And uh, if they do that from the start tomorrow, they'll have a chance. They, they have to get to grips with the cork forward early though because if you give these cork Forwards a bit of space, a bit of time, and if you give them the momentum of, of a few scores, then you're going to be in bother. But I I, th- I think Watford showed that you you know you get in their face, you win the fifty fifty balls, don't give them space, keep it tight, and run at their backs. And I think that's what Dublin has to do tomorrow. Is literally copy what Watford did, and they'll have a the right chance of beating them. Then,
8: yeah, is that the model, Pat? You have to get stuck into Cork and you have, to, you have to stop them putting that ball into the corner for the, the speedy for the, the stick men in there and, 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 and that type of thing. Cork look, Cork are grand but they seem to just have a soft underbelly but they're after getting mm. such criticism and everything I mean if there's anything in them at all they'll go out tomorrow and have a, a real go at it but uh, if Dublin believe in themselves you know they, 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 they can turn them over but it's more likely that Cork will win. Yeah, is that criticism for Cork justified? Do you think, Nicky? Yeah,
5: very much so. Absolutely. I think Cork are, Cork are not in a great place. They mm. could still be good enough to beat Dublin, but and why is if Dublin a right good chance? Do we know? Any idea? <laughs> I just don't know. I mean, you end up with Blackrock winning a fine county final and a fine championship. They have nobody under, under, under starting on the first twenty-six. So I don't know. It's it's a struggle for Cork. There, there. Well, they're I always, th- th-
8: I think the general feeling with anyone hurling is that your county champions should be giving you. Uh, three or four players uh, to the to the county panel, and when that's not happening, it means that the standard in a county isn't that wonderful.
5: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd expect to bring even though yeah. it's a competitive championship. Yeah yeah. It, it, yeah,
1: yeah, And for such a and thir- what 14 years now without an All Ireland here for such a strong county.
7: Ah, yeah, but sure, look, uh, I mean, you reap what you saw, They haven't done very well at underage mm-hmm. for a long number of years. I couldn't tell you when they won a minor All-Ireland. I said it was back in Jodine's time. time. Uh, and uh, they've been poor, and obviously the strikes and that have had a huge effect and, and turned an awful lot of people against the cork hurling, hurling team, you know. And uh, I, I think passes after hitting the nail on the head, and, and it'll be interesting to see what kind of a reaction we get tomorrow. I couldn't see the cork hurling people stomaching another performance like what they put in against Waterford. You know, it's kind of it's almost like a club challenge match. Granger, if I get the ball grand and if I don't, it's no problem. You know, they really need to get stuck in tomorrow and that's where Dublin might run into trouble if Cork do that. But, you know, you'd expect that kind of a, of a performance from Cork when you see it because they're having a the history of doing it. There's some lovely hurlers but I think their backs are desperate. I, they were very poor last Sunday and uh, or last Saturday, whenever it was, and they the the Dublin forwards will give them trouble especially if they start going in Hayes and if they start in and Dylan and if they get a a better performance out of uh, Kino Callan and one or two others I think Dublin will give them enough of it tomorrow and uh, I'm not saying they'll win I I, I do think it'll be a bit closer than a lot of people are making out but a lot will depend on the first 10 minutes you'll nearly know after 10 minutes how the game is going to go
1: we'll wait and see Kieran. we we'll hear from you over the course of the weekend thanks a lot Thanks, Liam. All right, and that's our lot for another Friday Talk Sport. Don't forget, there is Gaelic football action on this weekend, so we'll we'll, we'll try and do our best to cast an eye over that. I'm not sure how much uh, credibility Kilkenny men and football do they go together. We'll wait and see. Sport back tomorrow at 12 midday. Do tune in for that. Community's in action with Paul on the way. But until next time, for me, Liam Kelly Work and the rest of the team, bye bye, take care.
0: We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM.